This week on Your Asian Best Friends, we do another installment of Asians in the News and Taylor's Takes, Serial Edition. Plus, we have a conversation about nostalgia and the many forms it takes. I'm Taylor. And I'm Bernard. And we are your Asian Best Friends. So I want to start off this episode uh, by apologizing for last episode Mm -hmm. and how sad it was <laughs> so sad i was listening back to it and i <laughs> i must have over a dozen times kept emphasizing how sad i was in, in one period of my life no i was no like i was really sad <laughs> so i thought we'd have fun uh this episode we are gonna do some asians in the news yeah um as always i like that name mm-hmm. asians in the news we're all over the place um, last week we highlighted Joe Rogan, so that was a success. <laughs> There's highlighting be... Asians in the news. You just got it. I mean, you could trace it back to Ancestry.com. I'm sure there's something in there. He could, he could be Asian. Everyone came from Genghis at some point. <laughs> Dude, we're all related to Genghis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so this episode I thought we'd have a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're doing Asians in the news. I'm bringing back Taylor's takes. Oh, shit. And we're going to talk about nostalgia, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Nostalgia. What is it? How do you feel about it? How do you spell it? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I do do these days uh, for me. I, at our age, you know, Taylor and I are in our early 30s. So early. So early, we're in our 30s. (laughs) And, you know, at this point in my life, I do get sometimes uh, really nostalgic for stuff that I used to enjoy when I was a kid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Taylor and I, we had a lot of fun when we were kids together. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of the stuff we had fun with back then. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff we had fun with when we were little, little kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to balance the fucking sad bastardry that we (laughs) spewed uh, last week. Which was a good episode. I, I That was really cathartic for me, actually, you know, to talk about um, and to be open about depression um, on the show. Mm-hmm. I always want to be open on the show, but um, I started to really uh, annoy myself with how, how much I emphasized how sad I was. So we're having fun this week. What is, how does it sound? Sounds so good. And also, we're going to talk about some sneakers, too. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about sneakers. I'm really into sneakers. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to say it's like a big part of my life, but it's a hobby of mine. And uh, Taylor dabbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I can say. <laughs> is it, dabbles is too generous. Yeah, dabbles is too generous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to have fun. First of all, though, let's get the business out of the way. Um, so I need to follow up on Asians in the News. <laughs> this is corrections Taylor. corner. <laughs> Not corrections. I just, okay, so I did some thinking mm-hmm. and I did some talking. Okay. So listen to this. So I thought last week we covered Aquafina and Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about Aquafina's thing. Yeah. About how she put on a black scent. Mm-hmm. when it suits her to make like content mm. and 
last week we were talking about how you and I weren't offended by it. We don't think she's being offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it got complicated, dude. So I thought about it more. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem there that I'm starting to see is that when she speaks normally, like in interviews, mm-hmm. she doesn't have a black scent. Mm. Yeah, I could see. But yeah. when she does music, yeah, she does have a black scent. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, even when you just said <clears throat> you reframed it as when it suits her to make content, that's a different thing yeah. than saying the premise that we set out was that it came naturally because that's where she was from and that's how she was raised and that's the circles that she travels in. But if she doesn't actually talk like that any other way outside of that domain, then yeah, it's problematic. Then you are putting on like a black face. Or she's okay. So she is from, she is from Queens. Her her family's been from Queens since like the fifties. Like she's really from there. And the other possibility is that as she's become more famous, she's put on a white accent. That's definitely possible. Yeah. Right? Like that happens a lot. I I did that in our hometown because yeah. it was so white. So maybe, I don't know if that's what's going on with Aquafina. Maybe because she's doing more mainstream interviews, she puts on a white accent. So I talked to a couple friends. Mm-hmm. I have two friends. Uh, they don't know each other. I hung out with them in separate occasions. They're both black. Mm-hmm. I asked one friend about Aquafina. Mm-hmm. He is supremely offended by Aquafina. Mm. Um, he said, "I don't. I don't want it." He listens, so I don't. I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I I know he's a listener. <laughs> yeah. We can't lose him. We can't lose him. As he, our- he's twenty percent of our <laughs> listenership. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> But um, we had a really good talk about it, and he was the one who kind of, like, got me thinking harder about it, right? Because he was really offended by what she's been doing because um, he views it as her putting on almost like a black face when she is making oh, content. for sure. Yeah. If it, I mean, that is what it is if that's what, you know, if we're changing the premise, right? Right. Of, like, now it's not that she grew up in this culture and she – it's just, you know, transformed who she is. It's that she is absolutely putting on blackface. Yeah. Yeah. And so I understood that and I mm-hmm. could, I could, I heard him, you know, and, and that, that is important to, to listen to because from our perspective, I know you and I have a unique perspective on Aquafina. Um, at, when we, we talked about last time that, um, what resonated with us was when she said that as Asian Americans, it was hard for us to latch on to an identity because there's no Asian American culture really uh, mm-hmm. as, in as concrete of a way as there is a white culture and a black culture in this country. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we've been silenced for so long. We don't, we don't really like have Asian American uh, music or accent or anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we kind of are immersed in other people's cultures in a way. Yeah. In a way. Right. Um, I was definitely certainly immersed in hip hop and, I think there's no way to listen to hip hop for 30 years and not have any of those words enter your vernacular. <laughs> like, it's impossible. Yeah. To be devoted to that culture and not talk like that at all. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's disingenuous, you know? So I don't know. I don't know her. That's the other thing is you and I, we don't listen to her music. We don't really watch her movies or shows, right? I didn't even know that she didn't have that. <laughs> we don't really know Aquafina. <laughs> I, don't even listen, I don't even listen to her speaking voice in general. <laughs> I listen to her words through you, buddy. I, we saw her in Shang-Chi. Yeah. And I saw her in The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Which, from what I hear, is totally not kind of what she does, typically. Mm. The Farewell is a drama. Well, so, I mean, this also goes into the fact that we can be reckless because we don't have that big of a platform. <laughs> <laughs> we can always like, claim ignorance. Like, yeah, yeah. They'll make the compilation cut up for us when we're, you know, when we've inked that $200 million Spotify, Spotify deal. deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So there's nothing wrong with Aquafina. <laughs> Why is everyone so upset about Aquafina? I love Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to my other black friend. She said she's not offended whatsoever. She couldn't even tell the difference between she actually listens to Aquafina stuff yeah. and watches Aquafina. Mm-hmm. She's like a fan. Yeah. And she was like, I didn't even know she put on a black scent at any point. Mm -hmm. So I guess it all depends on, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? It was nice for me to get that perspective just because I'm not black. So, you know, I could say I'm not offended, but what does that really fucking mean? Because I'm not black. So if they're they're offended, it means something different than if I'm offended or not offended or whatever. It's really not relevant what I feel about it. (laughs) You're standing with your Asian American sister. Oh, God. I really don't care about Aquafina. I really don't care about her, but it's like the Joe Rogan thing. Like, I don't care what happens to them, but mm-hmm. it's like an interesting conversation. Yeah, because it represents something bigger. Yeah. Okay, Joe Rogan. Oh, we're going to Joe Rogan again? Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. Jesus. Yeah, I... One thing I want to say on top of what we already said last week. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I not edit it out enough Joe Rogan content? No, I, I, no. I, I stand by what we said last week for sure. But I do. And we touched on it, like his greater responsibility uh-huh. uh, to his listeners because he's on Spotify, his biggest podcast in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, these people that he has on spreading misinformation that is like provable misinformation Mm -hmm. shouldn't be platforming those people. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't, I, if it's, if it's demonstrably false, Mm -hmm. right? Like there are certain people like say like a Donald Trump as an extreme Mm -hmm. where like, I don't consider him just a contrarian opinion or like a, you know, like a, an opposite, but it's like, no, he's lying. Like, like, like no, that's, no, no, that's bad. I guess I don't, that's not what I'm saying. I don't agree with not having, I also don't agree with not having people that are bald faced liars on, mm. on like for conversations. But even about COVID. I mean, yeah. I mean, he has, he has a responsibility to, take care of his listenership, but he's clearly an idiot about COVID too. So that information is getting out there regardless. Right. I think outside of the vacuum of Joe Rogan, I don't think that, um, I think it's important to listen to these people, not to say like, Oh, this is a contrarian 
opinion based on fact. It's to understand like what the fuck is wrong with these people and how can we reach them in some way if they're reachable. Right. Yeah. Cause if you completely silence them, <clears throat> I don't well, not silence them, but if you can, I don't want to censor them, but just like, I think it's irresponsible to a, at a very extreme point when people are spreading misinformation about something that's life and death. That's too much for me. Yeah, but that's their responsibility. I mean, to me, like, Joe Rogan's mistake is that he's spreading his own misinformation outside of the people that he has on his podcast. Yeah, but he's not a scientist. Like, the, like <laughs> the people, <laughs> I think the guy he had on was a scientist. I know, but I mean, Donald Trump was a president. Like, there's, yeah. these titles are... They don't mean they don't anything mean to anything. us. <laughs> Not to us, but there are certainly people who listen to Joe Rogan who would be very inclined to be like, the guy's a scientist. I but believe those, what he says. I would say that those people are also saying, oh, Joe Rogan said it. Like, yeah. I, I think the people that are taking that scientist's word for it are also taking Joe Rogan's word for it. It's like they're helpless. It. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. it's just a, it's another, you know, argument for them to, you know, put in their back pocket. Yeah. Right. So he's just like reinforcing, which is, I think, why I've. My biggest issue with Joe Rogan is that he's not having those meaningful discussions anymore. He's just reinforcing his own narrative with these people. Yeah. And he's not bringing on people that might have qualified opinions that are, I don't know, controversial. You know, he's having these total hacks on his show that are reinforcing what he's already saying. Yeah. Whew. I'm done with Rogan. Yeah. This is I mean, Asians for the, in, this for is this Asians show. in the news. Buddy. This is Asians in the news. <laughs> I've got actual Asians in the news here. So this is something that we had touched on. Um, Several podcasts ago, uh-huh. you remember our boy Justin Sean? Oh yeah! Wow, I completely forgot about him. So Justin Sean, um, he made a beautiful movie called Blue Bayou that we covered here on the show. You guys should listen to that episode. It really moved Taylor and I mm-hmm. um, about adoptees uh, in the United States, essentially people who were brought into this country as babies before they had any agency whatsoever or say in anything as immigrants and are now being punished as adults and deported as adults because they were brought in here illegally as babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was of no fault of their own. These people are being deported um, when the only country they've ever known in their life is the United States. Mm-hmm. It's really absurd. And this movie blue Bayou by Justin Chan, um, it captures this struggle in a beautiful way. News. The U.S. House has passed a bill that grants intercountry adoptees benefits and gives them paths back to the U.S. if they've been deported. Justin Chan himself is, is really, um, really happy about this. He, he, he commented on, on this bill and just said, simply, this is incredible. He's mm-hmm. really happy about this. And, and um, the people, the adoptees that he consulted with for the film uh, are thrilled about this because a lot of the people who were wrongfully deported will be coming back into the United States. What hoops do they have to jump through though? There's no hoops to jump through. Uh, they just have to like fill out paperwork and then they get back into the United States. 
Too much work, man. Much work. <laughs> well, we should. I mean, honestly, we should send a yacht and like bring them back right. with bottles of champagne and like I'm sorry, IOUs, yeah. IOU notes, and yeah, free massages. Because <laughs> it's just awful what happened to these people. But at least you know this is some relief for them. And uh, <laughs> Justin John is happy about this. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I. That movie really just kind of died, huh? Because I don't even yeah. think I could point to that movie and be like, this movie was so influential because no one fucking saw this. Yeah, no one movie. saw Blue Bayou. <laughs> it's really a shame because that's a good movie, yeah. man. That is a great movie. Um, but I think it's just too heavy subject matter, unfortunately. People just aren't willing to, um, I don't know, meet that movie halfway, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just all going through a lot of shit right now. I think people are have more of a thirst for uplifting stuff, unfortunately, for this film because like this movie's fantastic, but it's just super heavy. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. I mean, we're we were just bawling through mm-hmm. this shit. It's uh, I get I get why it's not uh, nominated for anything. Yeah, I mean, even I love the movie. I don't think it was a, a perfect movie by any means. Um, but it was it was great. It was moving. For sure. Um, I'm a big fan of movies that, um, and I think Guillermo del Toro taught me this um, a long time ago. I, I love listening to him talk. Have you ever heard him? Yeah, like, he's great. He's wonderful. Like he's so, he's so brilliant. Very thoughtful. Um, but just ever since I'm like, you know, in my early twenties, I just find any snippet of anything that Guillermo del, Tor- of Guillermo del Toro is speaking mm-hmm. and just listening to his every word. And I remember years and years ago, he said something like, I'm more interested in a crappy movie with one brilliant scene mm. than like a good movie. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that resonates. I mean, honestly, in some ways, that resonates with me with Blue Bayou. Like, it's not by yeah. any means a crappy movie, but no, it's definitely good. a flawed movie. But it does have like a really some really beautiful scenes that just stick with you. Last five minutes. Yeah. Is worth the price of admission. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh my God. Like I, I feel it to this day. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on this uh, bill that the house has passed. This just passed um, like a couple weeks ago uh, on February 4th. And I think that's great news, you know, great news for the, the night, the these people who have been going through this nightmarish situation of being deported from the country they call home. So uh, hopefully, you know, that brings a lot of our compatriots back. So, dude, I was thinking about cereal. (laughs) I was thinking about cereal Uh because I don't eat cereal anymore. Yeah, either do I. Yeah, right. Like, when did you quit cereal? Why did did I quit? No, when or why? When was when I was dead ass broke um, in the food industry? I remember it feeling like a real luxury because you had to buy milk, which was expensive. Mm. You had to buy cereal, which is also expensive. And that was like probably when I quit eating cereal. Now that I can afford cereal, it's just like garbage food. To put in your mouth. <laughs> it's like, and it's delicious, but it's just like you start your morning with a bunch of garbage in your mouth, basically. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. <laughs> I feel the same exact way. Yeah. Around the same time that you quit, I quit. Yeah. I don't like cereal anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't eat cereal. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, sometimes when I'm having like a hard day, I do get these flashes of when I was a kid enjoying cereal. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me emotional sometimes. I loved having cereal like on the weekends, like like in the like Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Uh, my favorite was honey bunches of oats with almonds. I was just gonna say honey bunches of oats. Always. <laughs> so good. It's it's perfectly balanced. <laughs> like, like it's really good. Yeah. The clusters are like uh I don't know, uh culinary um uh, miracle <laughs> in a bag. <laughs> they're so crunchy and they stay crunchy. Yeah, no, they're great. I mean, I don't think they're they taste bad at all. Like I could get down on a bowl of cereal right now. It's just so much carbs and sugar. But yeah, it's just it's like it's it's just like I cannot divorce my my mind is too um, conscious of the fact that it's like just basically eating a bag of. <laughs> potato chips for your (laughs) breakfast with milk drizzled over it. (laughs) Well, this is going to um, segue into our nostalgia trip here. I've got a Taylor's Takes cereal edition. (laughs) Okay. Okay? Okay? I'm just going to list off some cereals because I was feeling nostalgic about cereal. Yeah. And I want to see, I don't think we've ever spoken about cereals. This is going to be easy I. one. I'm going to be like, delicious. Yes. Great. Rapid fire. This We, we can go rapid fire here, okay? Yeah. So you like Honey Bunches of Oats Almond? Uh, the best. Almond or regular? Almond. I think so too, man. My well, partner. Who, what psychopath would not just opt for the almonds? Yeah. It's the same price. It has almonds in it. Yeah. And the clusters are clusterier in yeah, the well, almond they're cr- one. They're crunchier. They're crunchier. Yeah. Apple Jacks. I mm, think I don't like Apple Jacks. I don't like Apple Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> so cloying. And they, yeah. they get soggy really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not an Apple Jacks person. Never was either. I don't know if I was or not. We had them, so I must have liked them because my mom would get them. I just feel like, who ruined my Honey Nut Cheerios? <laughs> Is that the next one? Honey, honey Nut, Nut Cheerios. Cheerios. <laughs> I like Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, still good. Still good. Given to my daughter. And yeah. There's, there's, I munch a little bit here and there. After we've talked about how garbage cereal is. I can like, munch. You can eat it, though. No milk. I don't drink milk, either. I, I don't do milk anymore. Ah. So it's none of that. No cereal, no milk for me. Mm. Um, This is a big one. Yeah. Rice Krispies. Also really good. One time, I accidentally um, put half and half. <laughs> in Rice Krispies because uh-huh. I thought it was milk. Hella good? The most delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn, why are these Rice Krispies? <laughs> so good. I could just see you staring at the box. Like, what happened here? It's because they suck up every ounce of moisture. So you're just like eating heavy cream. It was so good. <laughs> delicious. The thing I don't like about Rice Krispies is they all, they go soggy fast. They really do. Fast. You got to go. You got to go quick. There's a moment there where they're mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. You got to go real quick. Uh, tangent, Rice Krispie Treats, real quick. No, I don't like them. I don't like them either. Too, Too sweet. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This one, I don't think they make this one anymore. Cocoa Puffs. They don't make Cocoa Puffs anymore? I haven't seen it. I could buy I, I could buy them not making it anymore. It's like cereal's already pretty garbage and then you add chocolate to it. 
I like Cocoa Puffs. I like the like the cereal milk afterwards. The milk too. is really good. Yeah, the milk's really good. Um, I like like the fancy versions of Cocoa Puffs too. Those are also delicious. Ooh. You know, yeah, I can get down with some Cocoa Puffs. Corn flakes. Mm. Too boring. Kind of. They're too boring. They're a little too boring. Not bad though. They're not bad. They're just kind of there. Checks. Crunchiest of all. <laughs> they the they crun- stay crunchy. They are crunchy, versatile with the Chex Mix, um, which is also delicious. They're better as Chex Mix. They are better as Chex Mix. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely better as Chex Mix. And I remember as a kid making that connection, being Ooh. like, why isn't this transferring over to the bowl of cereal I'm having right now? Because I would go to the store, get the Chex, and be like, this is going to be delicious. <laughs> I love Chex Mix. Put this in a bowl in the morning, pour some milk over. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the same. Maybe if they added salt to those checks. If they added salt to any of these, yeah, it would improve it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, there's more we need to get to because there's so many iconic cereals. Lucky Charms? Mm-mm. Frosted Flakes? I could do Frosted Flakes. I don't like Frosted Flakes. That's the sweetest one. It is the sweetest one. <laughs> I can do Frosted Flakes out of the package. Ooh. Not with milk. Makes the milk Ooh, too like sweet. like dry. Yeah, dry. Hmm. I never did that. Um, Cocoa Pebbles. Also good. Well, I love the Flintstones. Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. Or did they not do the Cocoa Pebbles either? No, they did. They did both. They did both, right? It was both Flintstones. I didn't like the Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, it tastes like shit. Yeah. Tricks. Tricks. That's like the healthy, what they dubbed like the healthy cereal when we were kids, right? No, tricks are for kids. Oh, tricks are for kids. The, fruit, the, bunny, rabbit, the, the bunny, bunny rabbit. The bunny rabbit, yeah. Nah, I wasn't a tricks person. Yeah, what am I forgetting? There's like, there's a really Cap'n big- Captain Crunch. Whoa, there it is. That's- Delicious. Peanut butter crunch. Also delicious. So good. And then cinnamon toast crunch. Also delicious. Oh, that's the one. Oh, say good. That's the one that my wife always makes fun of me because I she cinnamon I buy toast. that for her and the kids. I say cinnamon toast crunch, and then she laughs at me. No, it's delicious. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, now everybody listening, tell us the the ones we forgot to yeah mention. But yeah, I'm over cereal. I don't eat cereal. I don't drink milk. But like I was saying. I miss enjoying cereal and milk. Well, now you're talking about, you know, last podcast, you're doing Operation Hardbod. So, you know, you can't have that cereal anymore. No, I'm trying to cut back. I'm trying to cut back. It's too soft. I remember I gained like 20 pounds once when I was like working and going back to school. And I didn't realize, I finally traced it back to like the, Hundreds of bowls of cereal I was eating during that time. <laughs> like, what's wrong? Why am I so? Why is it so soft right here? It was too much. Feel cereal. yourself jiggling. Yeah, definitely. I kind of like the jiggle. <laughs> it's comforting. Yeah, I'm starting to lose the jiggle, which is not not a good feeling. I like the jiggle. Okay, so like I was saying. I've been getting nostalgic lately. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, life can get hard these days. We're we're dads. We work. Sad dads. We're sad bastard dads. <laughs> uh, we got a lot going on. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but like, I think it's a cliche a bit at this point. But I do reminisce about the simpler times when all we had to worry about was like, kind of skating by in school and like seeing our friends and yeah you know like we didn't have to worry about paying nothing for nothing and we just we we're just concerned about when we could have more fun next yeah we really had parents that did not care that much about how we did it our parents were great <laughs> did you get shit no i, I didn't get shit it. either well we i think we were both like pretty good students um <laughs> i fell off I at the end there. I fell off at the end too. But I fell yeah. off at the beginning when I was in classes with you. And then I uh, started to pick back up. I'll take the flack for that. <laughs> uh, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Uh we yeah, Taylor and I had a good time in class in high school. <laughs> it's so ridiculous when I, I think the times in that Spanish <laughs> class. <laughs> like the the like the images that come up aren't like learning Spanish. It's you doing the warm on the carpet. <laughs> Can we tell that story? So we were, Taylor and I had Spanish class in uh, ninth, ninth grade. Yeah. So freshman year of high school. One day we were having a fiesta. Mm-hmm. I brought in my Carlos Santana <laughs> CD. <laughs> and we had this like dance circle going. Mm-hmm. You know, we had this circle and people would jump in the circle and dance. And I could do the worm. <laughs> if you guys don't know the worm, look it up, whatever. <laughs> so I did the worm. And my <laughs> my pants at the I had ill fitting oh, jeans. Right, right. I had ill fitting jeans. The same thing. <laughs> so I was doing the worm on the floor and then there's this our friend Marcelo yeah. in the class. He w- he was so funny. That guy is the funniest <laughs> to this day, one of the funniest guys I've ever met. <laughs> Senora Rivera. She would sing that to Senora Rivera every morning and she hated him. Um, but he pointed at me as I was doing my worm. My ill fitting pants were sliding down my legs, my ass, and he saw that my butt <laughs> He saw that my boxers had a hole in them, like a big hole on my ass. And then in front of the whole class, he he yells, he got a hole on his drawers. And and I, okay, so then everybody started laughing or whatever, because it's funny. Yeah. And I started laughing. I thought it was funny too because I'm just I'm like ah all right, all right. like you know I was like and Taylor was laughing harder than anybody probably. <laughs> and he's you know dissociating himself from me um, <laughs> as I lay there on my belly, my, my hole in my drawers. What a ridiculous! Like how, how, how is that Spanish class? <laughs> He got a hole in his draw with Rob Thomas pl- and Michelle Branch playing in the you background. You can make like a Dangerous Minds movie out of that, out of that class. With the do-rags. <laughs> Moments like that when we were kids and we didn't have to worry about like property tax yeah, and school like our kids in school and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and that was like our event for the day. 
was a fiesta in Senor Rivera's class and people laughing at me or whatever. Yeah. I miss that, man. Like, I miss when I, I just didn't have to worry about all this stuff. It's getting to me. How do you fix it? Hmm? How do you fix it? Fix what? How do you lose your responsibilities again? Ooh, what do we do? <laughs> How do we do this? Just, just abscond, gotta, abscond to just keep New on Mexico. <laughs> just keep on driving. Yeah, just keep on. <laughs> <laughs> but I t- no, really though, I, I have been on a kick of like, of nostalgia where I'm getting into video games I used to play when I was a kid, mm. playing those again. Uh, I've been getting into watching old wrestling, mm. which is awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I love old. I love wrestling. I still watch Taylor. You don't watch anymore. No, but I could get down on some old wrestling. Old wrestling is very good. Yeah. Um, and like old cartoons, old shows and stuff, old movies. I watched D2, the mighty ducks. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. Uh, Wonderful movie. Yeah. Still good. And I, I, that stuff makes me happy. I think that stuff, I, I'm, I, it's like becoming, I guess, therapeutic for me these, these days when, I, when I'm just like kind of bored or, you know, sick of dealing with grown up shit. I watch D2 The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Why do you think you do that? Do what? Why do you think you, is it just to, to remember the times when you had no responsibilities? Yeah, like I miss it. I miss not having responsibilities, and, and that it, sort of triggers those memories. Yeah, yeah, like like it it uh, it brings back um, just the uh, the freedom, I guess, or the care the carefree nature of my existence when, <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, eating cereal, eating honey bunches of oats with almonds. Yeah, and uh, just being like, uh, you know, I hope my friend can come over today. That's my big stress for the day. <laughs> for the day. <laughs> Those days are so long gone. You never I, think about that. Of having no cares in the world? Or like or missing it, like when you were a kid. Missing it? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I miss it. So do you get like nostalgia uh, at all? Do you get nostalgic? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Told you this is going to be a terrible topic. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I have to think about it. Like, I do. Like, I think I get it sometimes when I'm watching current shows that revisit those times, like uh, like period pieces, almost like Pen Fifteen. What's that? You're so, dude. Pen Fifteen. You ever seen Pen Fifteen? What's that? It's the best show ever, buddy. Better than Squid Game? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, we should, you know what? We should cover Pen15 on the podcast someday. Let's do it. Because one of the characters is is a Hapa. Oh, cool. I I actually think she's half Japanese, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, And definitely talk about those issues of uh, mixed identity and living in between, but also... I think the bigger story is this friendship of these two like middle school girls in the 90s. It's like made for you and me. Dang. Pen what is it? Is it a drama? Like It's a comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah, it's the best, man. Netflix? Uh Hulu. Damn it. Dude, just I got to get Hulu. Get the Hulu. Every time, okay, so 
Ah, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Stupid. So when I try to log in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the user interface just isn't to my liking. I mean, I think I'd, like, I don't know. I have flashes of it, but I don't really live in it that much, yeah. I would say. Yeah. I I don't, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I guess I don't, I definitely don't do it. What you're saying that you do of like going back and visiting those like things. old stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that. But it, when it happens, like by happenstance, then it kind of like it's like this jolt of, you know, happiness. It's but a wonderful I, feel. Like if you were to see like a Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. No, I mean, know? it makes me feel good for sure. I totally yeah. understand. Like, but you just don't do it in your life. I like, don't, you don't, I go don't, back. it's not something that I do, um, consciously, I yeah. guess. Like if I was like, I want to watch, you know, Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. It's because it's a fucking great match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is objectively good match. SummerSlam. Yeah, it's one of the best matches ever, right? So good. Um, but it's not because I'm feeling sad. I get that because like a year ago I wasn't doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think I got to a point recently, Mm. and um, you know, I mentioned uh, sneakers. My my hobby yeah um sneakers totally driven by nostalgia Mm. mj dude yeah like i he's he was incredible Mm. and i i'm i miss um being a kid Mm. and watching michael jordan and then there's the shoes and also alan iverson was big for me like oh yeah uh, yeah i love alan iverson and he was huge he was he was definitely my touchstone for sure because he was a short guy. He's the small guy. <laughs> and he was he was like the hood guy. And he was yeah, he was he for was, the streets. Yeah, he was great. And his sneaker. Okay, so I had him. I had them too. He was dude, AI. Yeah. In seventh grade, I got um which one was it? Not I got the question DMX. Mm-hmm. The, not just the questions, which I had the questions too, but my first one I got was question DMX. Mm-hmm. It's um, it was all white upper, red like line mm-hmm. or stripe, uh, wavy stripe on the side. Um, the I three uh, logo mm-hmm. in the little bubble on the side, and I dude, I felt like a million bucks. I felt so cool, and it, and I remember that feeling of like, I know they're just shoes. But they made me feel good, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and they met they represented someone that I thought was cool, yeah. And I it was aspirational too, and you know uh, I it made me happy. And I think now that I bu- I have money to buy like more shoes, the ones I tend to buy are the ones that I wanted to get when I was a kid. Mm. So it's like a nostalgia trip for me, you know. Like I never thought I'd be able to get like Jordan ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good. I mean, not to get too cheesy, but I think part of it is like, I think my friendship with you is somewhat fulfills that for me. Like, Mm. I don't think we've matured that much um, (laughs) (laughs) since we've, since we met in like seventh grade. Um, And like, even though like, you know, our lives have gotten complicated and of course we're there for each other during like the more, during the more difficult times, I guess. This is the most uncomplicated friendship I have. Wow. And I think because of that, what you're talking about is like a time that's uncomplicated, right? Like you don't yeah. have that many um prior like Simpler responsibilities, times. simpler times. 
This to me is a very uncomplicated <sighs> friendship. Yeah. Right? So it, in some ways, like I think I seek that out through relationships more so than like things or uh, shows or whatever. That's really beautiful. Yeah, Thank I you. feel that way too. No, I feel that way too, you know, like old friends. I was like, now you say the same for me. <laughs> now you say I love you. Now you say Now it. you say it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's really great. No, because I think um, I, I mentioned earlier of my, our friend mm-hmm. uh, Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Robert. <laughs> Can we use his name? Because we both know who we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> audience doesn't know Robert. Actually, they do know Robert. But um, no, uh, he's like my oldest friend. Mm-hmm. And just every time I see him, it's like, yeah, it is nostalgic, you know? And I see you. We hang out. I hang out with him, like my old friends. And it's like, yeah, that is total nostalgia for me. Like it brings me back to, it reminds me of when we were kids and we had so much fun. And yeah. You know, that's like the, maybe the most powerful form of nostalgia for me too. And I think it definitely is for me because you know me beyond any other identity that I've had. Like you knew mm. me as just myself. I wasn't in the food industry. I didn't do any of the things that I've done in my life. And you just knew me then. Right. So I think in some ways it's just, it's the purest that friendship can can be in some ways, you know, that we don't have those late, we didn't have those labels back then. Like it was literally like you sat next to me in my art, in art class. Right. And I was like, do you like wrestling? I like wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) It was like very uncomplicated, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's cool. That's like, that's like every time now that you say that, like every time we record like this, it's like we're back in, you know, like dicking around in the classroom. This is exactly what we did. It's exactly what we did. (laughs) In the classroom. That's (laughs) why we got yelled at so much. (laughs) Yeah. To be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. And Uh, the things that I spend time editing out are the things that are just like, nobody thinks this is entertaining (laughs) except for us. Yeah, I did. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, I felt that too. Like just seeing Robert the other day, yesterday actually, um, before, uh, the day before we recorded this. Um, yeah, it makes me feel good, you know, like I just seeing my old friends. And like you said, there's no pretense because we yeah. know, know we came up together. What are we trying to prove? Like nothing. Yeah. We don't have to prove anything to each other. Yeah. You know, we've lasted this long. We've no problems. Like what? It's like a safe zone, safety zone, you know? It's definitely safe. For sure. I think that's really important because we met each other um, at that time. I think we're still able to work through things together in a non-judgmental way. Yeah. Um, And in some ways, like we've invested so many years into these relationships that you just kind of have to keep on working at them. If somebody says something stupid, you know, like, yeah. I don't know what you would have to do for me to write you off as a person, but you'd probably be something really awful. horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And we, you know, I can't imagine it's like, so amazing to me. Some friends, like old friends I have, mm-hmm. I think back to what I was like when we were friends, when we were young and I'm like, yeah. if they liked me back then mm, and they yeah. still are with me, 
I mean, I'm not as idiotic as I was back then. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how bad could I fuck it up? They're still with me. Yeah. I, and I was so stupid. Like, <laughs> like, when we were kids. Yeah. So it's like, there, I never feel, yeah, with old friends, it's so, it's so comforting because there's no threat of like, gonna, you're going to say the wrong thing. They're going to judge me or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's partly because we were all stupid and we saw each other progressively, <laughs> progressively become smarter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, this person evolves. Yeah. Don't keep on yeah. evolving past this <laughs> Aquafina incident. I mean, I'm still pretty much a Neanderthal at this point, yeah. but I've evolved yeah, a little exactly. bit. <laughs> but at the same time, like we, I think we, I mean, you and I definitely still have access to those middle school, middle school selves of just like still me. That's still silliness. Me. Yeah. yeah. I, I still love that part of myself and our friendship. And yeah, um, yeah that's, that's like maybe the, that's a, that's cool, man. You thought, okay. So before we record, <laughs> I said the subject today is nostalgia and Taylor was fearful. He's like, I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> This is like the most beautiful form of nostalgia you could bring up. What are you talking about? Amazing. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah. Like people are, you can get nostalgic with people, just being with them because you were with them years ago. Yeah. And then just like reminding yourself of like touching home base again. That's exactly what it is. I think it's touching home base because I think part of actual nostalgia is that you're living in the past. But, like, with our relationships, it's a living thing that's just existed throughout all of it. Right, right. You know, so you are just kind of coming back home in some ways. And I think with my closest friends, uh, like you and some of my other friends, it's that. It's, like, that mm. feeling of, like, oh, I'm at home again. Yeah. You know? A couple things that I get in a, I've been, like, dabbling in for nostalgia's sake lately. Yeah. Crossword puzzles. Dude. I used to be so into them when I was a kid. Then I fell off. I've been getting back into the New York Times. Mm -hmm. Crosswords. I love it, dude, because it reminds me of, like before video game, video games, you know, mm -hmm. those are the games I would play is like puzzles and crosswords and stuff yeah. like that. So I've been getting into that. And it's like, it again, like brings me back to home base to where I was like, I can relax playing this. You know, yeah. it's a workout for my brain, but uh, I'm not. Uh, over stimulated by all these lasers and lights and yeah. you know like twitch movements with my fingers and all this i'm just it's a brain exercise and it's just i'm just looking at squares on a essentially a piece of paper right mm -hmm. uh, and that that's been cool too i've been really getting back into crosswords uh, but on the video game side minesweeper this is all just going over my head you don't know minesweeper no huh it's it's uh Wait, is it that old computer game where yeah, you just it came with every computer. I had no idea how to play that fucking game. Like that's that's the problem. Is that like I would just like sit there and just like click on the squares die immediately and just be like, What? What is this? Oh so it's uh I was obsessed with that game too because it's the only game I had on my stupid computer. Yeah. And I got so good at it. And then for like 15, 20 years, I didn't play it again. Mm -hmm. And then I got back into it. And man, I'm good at Minesweeper. <laughs> I'm good at Minesweeper. <laughs> Love that game. Yeah. I So I've been escaping recently into nostalgia. Um, I guess now 
you've highlighted that this part, this show in itself is an escape into nostalgia. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's healthy. I would say it's healthy for me and my mental health to do this show and just like, yeah, we can kind of just talk shit and forget about our lives for a while. And yeah, you know, that's the most powerful uh, form of nostalgia of all. Definitely. Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs nostalgia when you have friendship? <laughs> I do find that now when I buy sneakers, mm-hmm. like like I said, a lot of it is nostalgia. Yeah. But it's like, it's not just nostalgia of like Michael Jordan and like, oh, mm-hmm. I wanted this when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's like nostalgia of design. Like a lot of these sneakers are basketball sneakers. Yeah. But in reality, in function, they're really shitty basketball sneakers. Mm. Right, they really are. They're not good. Yeah, they're Jordan One is awful basketball yeah. sneaker, <laughs> like really atrocious. Yeah. I don't even play basketball, but I know I can barely even walk in them. Yeah, and but I but aesthetically, even though they're not functional, I think I like how they look better than new shoes. Oh yeah, for sure. New shoes are better for basketball. Yeah, but they're like made of knit. Yeah. Material and they look futuristic or whatever. I want it to look old as shit. Yeah. I love that look. Yeah. You know? Or you're into like more of an older look too, right? Yeah, definitely. I don't like the more modern sneakers, I would I would say. You know, like I they just to your point, they just look futuristic. And I don't feel like a futuristic person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine you're wearing like tech wear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just not my not my thing. But I don't know if it yeah, I don't know if it's like a nostalgia thing or just like an aesthetic thing, you know. I think it yeah, for me it's both. It is nostalgic, yeah. but then like really objectively, I like not objectively, but you know, nostalgia aside, mm-hmm. I like how they look. Yeah. Like I've go. been into this uh new balance model, the five fifty. Mm-hmm. It's from the 80s, designed by Stephen Smith. Um, great, great uh, designer. Uh, works with Yeezy now. But um, he designed this New Balance model, the 550, that they randomly brought back a couple years ago. Mm. And it's an, it's just so uncomfortable. It's not a comfortable shoe, mm. which is like not characteristic of New Balance. They make yeah. really comfortable shoes. Uh, we'll get into your pair that you just got. That I peeped That's the John John. Um, but I love how they look. They look so old. They're mm-hmm. literally they're like pulled straight. They're like a time capsule pulled from the eighties. I have like five sick colors of them. Yeah, and they, they, I I just love uh, diving back into that look. You know, I just think it goes with what I wear these days better. Yeah, than freaking like Kyrie Irving. Yeah. You know, like whatever for a SpongeBob theme shoe. Yeah. So I'm into the old look. You're into the old look too. Yeah. I say I'm into the old look. You know what I, mean? I, I am too. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why though. Like it's because I have no connection to sneakers at that time. You yeah. know, like I was in the sneakerhead when I was a kid, really. Like all I was, all my shoes were like skater shoes. Like yeah, I wore yeah. a lot of Etnies and Vans and DC Airwalks. Ooh, Airwalks. I don't know if any of these things still exist. Some of them. Exist. <laughs> um. So I don't really have any, um, like childhood connection to any of them. Mm. It's just like it's pure looks. Um, yeah. Yeah, I def I definitely 
have a childhood connection. I want, I was like so materialistic. You got those K-Swisses, man. <clears throat> K-Swiss is one I can't get back into. I used to love K-Swiss. I, those are, I didn't even realize they were still around. They're still around. They're still around. Um, I don't, I, I really think they're, just horrendous looking now. <laughs> mm. um, but I do remember loving them when I get a fresh pair of K uh, Swiss when I was a kid. I got so excited. They came with a sticker. Mm-hmm. I put one of the stickers on my Dreamcast. Nice. <laughs> That's the most 90s sentence ever spoken. I such think. a baller, dude. I was such a baller. 1999. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm so I'm just for reference, I'm really obsessed with sneakers. I have. Yeah. I have lots of sneakers. Um, I love collecting them. I love giving them to people. I love wearing them and kind of expressing myself through them. Mm-hmm. Taylor, very practical. <laughs> <clears throat> practical footwear. Practical footwear. But you've dabbled a few years ago. Yeah. You got some Jordan 3s. I did. I, I mean, honestly, but at that time, it was like, I need some shoes. And they're really good. Those are a nice yeah. pair. I yeah. like that pair. And I think even now I, I still will get, um, like, honestly, I just look at, like, I wonder what BJ's into these days. And I was like, oh, those look like some good shoes. <laughs> 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 like, my thinking does not go beyond that. Like, yeah, yeah. I have no idea, like, what, I don't know. I just have no connection to it. But that being said, I would say from the few pairs you have that you have good taste. Oh, yeah. I got good taste in yeah. general. Yeah. yeah, you got good taste. <laughs> it's not like you're just like, eh, if I get some shoes, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like they have to fulfill like <laughs> some aesthetic, yeah. you know, choice and for sure. But uh, I have like people try to talk to me. Like the problem with it is that I get these sneakers and then people try to talk to me about it. And like I instantly say, I have no idea any of the things that you're talking so, about. Taylor sneakers are, they're sneakerhead sneakers. Like they're really good. Like they're like, if you're a sneakerhead, you're really geeky about it. Taylor sneakers are geeky sneakers. Yeah. Good. Like cred, street cred. Yeah. So Taylor gets approached by people who are into sneakers because he's wearing these sneakers. Mm-hmm. And then you're annoyed with these people. I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid of disappointing them. Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm not annoyed yeah, at see, all. I'm just like, I don't know what you're going to talk about. You feel in- inadequate in the conversation. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even let it get to that point. He's like, all right, this is my stop. And <laughs> no, it's just like, I can see the look in their eyes and I say, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh-uh. I'm not the person you think I am. I just like these sneakers. So deceiving, man. So yeah. you just got some new balances. I did. 990 V4s. <laughs> See, you know more about my sneakers than I do. Navy colorway. They're best. Collaboration with Jound. Yeah. Really, really trendy brand right now, Taylor. Yeah. You non-sneakerhead. I know. Wearing, wearing these sneakerhead-ass shoes. <laughs> But they're great. <laughs> they're fantastic. <laughs> they go with everything. So good, man. That's a good, you got yeah. good taste. That's a good pair. I know. I love them. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. That's a good way to go because you're having a little fun, but you're not like invested in it emotionally. 
Yeah. It's just like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, you're having flings, like little sneaker flings. Yeah. No, definitely. I can't have too many hobbies that take up that much money. My hobby is way too expensive. It's so expensive. Yeah. I only have one because I have to wait years to get the next one. <laughs> We're talking about his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> to wait years. Is it because you're getting it like bespoke? Yeah. You get yeah. custom builders and stuff like that. That's awesome. Man, you're deep in that. So that's where you're deep. You're deep in the guitar world. I am, yeah. Especially now that um, I have money to be deep in the guitar Dude, world. this is what happens, dude. This is our midlife crisis. <laughs> Sitting here with our stupid like shoes and guitars. And yeah. just like, check this out. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> but yeah, well, well I'll, I'll probably be bringing up sneakers more often now. It's just, I just love sneakers. Uh, I'm, in, I'm into the culture. And I love that sneaker culture is like inherently like artful. Um, not only in the design, but in just like people expressing themselves through wearing them and like what they have in their collection and talking about the culture and like sharing stories about trying to get limited sneakers and waiting in line and stuff like that. And like, uh, you know, even how sneakers are intertwined with hip hop, how much the Air Force One meant to like Rockefeller and stuff like that, like all Terror Squad and. Yeah, I just love all of hip hop culture, which I think encompasses sneakers as well. But um, yeah, that's for now. That's enough sneaker talk. Taylor's mm. kind of into sneakers. Little, I do like the culture around it for sure. It's fun to <clears throat> follow from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like in, and there's just beautiful things being made. You know. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's also fun to see like a bunch of hype around something that you're not. It's like, why? You're like, why? Why is that? Yeah, it's just kind of fun. Like, and you can kind of understand why people are. I don't, I don't think there's anything else like that for me where I'm like, this is kind of a fun thing to be an outsider on. Yeah. There's something kind of like innocent about it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, sneakers is kind of like a kiddie thing, at least to me, because that's when I was first into sneakers when I was a kid. Yeah. So it's like being a kid again. Yeah, that's one of my biggest escapes these days um, when I just want to get away from adulting, sneakers, nostalgia, not cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Not cereal and milk, but memories of cereal and milk. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you guys for joining us. If you listen this far, we love you. Um, We're glad to be back. No more breaks for Mm -hmm. a while, hopefully, with hope. (laughs) Um, I'm Bernard. And I'm Taylor. And we're your Asian best friends.